What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Young Blood Squared podcast. I'm Jack, and we have another remote episode with Dan Percy and Drew Settles talking about crypto, uh, Bitcoin, blockchain. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for having us. I'm excited to talk about it a little bit because I don't really know anything about Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto. So this is going to be more of like a learning lesson for me, uh, as well as like I have a young audience. So uh I don't know. Uh, introduce yourselves a little bit of what you do, who you are. I guess, Dan, you can go first. Yeah, Daniel Percy, uh, CEO of Lifecycle Payments, based here in Nashville. Uh, have been in the payments industry for a few years. Uh, and payments, as we look at it, is understanding really how to help folks transact business. So merchants be able to process online, sell in store, credit card, debit card, ACH, crypto, any of those methods from that side. And yeah. so we, a lot of our view is from the merchant side of the world. How does the finance work out? How does the processing work out for them from that side? Well, that almost sounded rehearsed. Good job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm Drew Settles. I'm the director of marketing here for Lifecycle Payments. Uh, I say I basically do everything as most marketers are aware of doing. Um, say it. Uh, no day looks the same. Yeah. Um, I've been an uh, investor in cryptocurrency for quite some time, and uh, it's interesting seeing it come to uh, the forefront of you know, our sort of cultural awareness uh, as a method of payment, not just a method of speculation, which is unfortunately how most people seem to understand it these days. Yeah. Dogecoin! Exactly. A, a lot of people in my generation, I feel like, look at crypto as more of a get-rich-quick tactic. What would you guys say to the people that like think, is it true or is it not? Or is there a certain way to go about it? Probably depends upon when you entered the market. Okay. Uh, so folks that entered the market years ago, back when you could buy a pizza for one Bitcoin uh, or two <laughs> Oh, no, Bitcoins, no, it was, it was 30, was, it was I'm pretty was, sure. Yeah. So yeah. When it costs you multiple Bitcoins to get a pizza... If you happen to get some then, you, you probably are very well off at this point in time, and you probably okay. have made a ton of money. Uh, but looking at investing with it versus transacting it are very different, and mm -hmm. they're, they're important for different reasons. I would absolutely agree with that. And I mentioned that I was a crypto investor. Um, I bought my first Bitcoin back in 2013. Uh, I made good money selling them at $300 a coin. Okay. Uh, wished I'd held on to more. Um, I bought Dogecoin sub a penny and made some decent money on that. Wished I'd held on to it a little bit more as it's approaching a dime today. But yeah. um, I have become a Bitcoin maximalist. Have you heard that term before? I have not. Essentially, it means I have uh, forsaken all others. I okay. am now married to Bitcoin because <laughs> I believe that it is... a one-coin man now? It is the future of payments... Um, you know, the future of, uh, you know, finance, really. Um, you think it'll take over, like, credit card and everything, too? I think that it doesn't have to take over. I think they can work together. Okay. How uh, so? So f how does a currency work? How does, how does a dollar work, for example? Its value is just how we perceive it, right? Yeah, we, we, we went off the, the gold standard a long time ago. Yeah. There, there may be gold in Fort Knox. It may just be an empty pit in the ground. Yeah. Um, but it is a method of 
transacting payments at its at its base layer. So if you read the you know the white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto, um, it was I identified as a way of managing trust. Everything about payments. The more that I've been in this industry is about trust or fraud. You know the op opposite side of trust. Um, you know Visa, Mastercard. You know those ties. You know they have their own network. Yeah. Think of you know the Visa Mastercard network as an analog to the Bitcoin network. Um, they control all of the nodes per okay. se. Bitcoin. Anybody who wants to be a miner, wants to start a node, can. Every single transaction is recorded at every node at all times, so no one can fake anything. No one can impersonate someone else because unless you own fifty-one percent of the nodes, you can't control the blockchain. That means that trust is inherent. You don't have to trust really right. because it's just built into the system. Well, and if you and if you go back and look in time, we used to transact in different ways. It used to be a chicken. It used right. to be a buffalo nickel. Like whatever the agreed upon store of value was yeah. was was what was used for a transaction. Yeah. For a long period of time, it was cash. Mm -hmm. Then it was now credit and debit cards from yeah. that side. Now we're moving into the next evolution, which is more digital currencies. Which you think is going to be Bitcoin? <laughs> uh, hard to say if it specifically will be Bitcoin. Some kind of coin. Definitely though. digital currency from that side. Yeah, Drew's, <laughs> Drew's betting on it, as yeah. he's called out. Maximalist. <laughs> but I think there will, there will also be different coins for different uh, activities or uses. Okay. So there are, I think there will, there will probably be a coin that is used as the base uh, value item. So instead of, the, you know, you have a dollar, you have a Bitcoin. Yeah. And people are able to think about it that in that capacity. Um, countries are using their own digital currency mm -hmm. inside of their country borders. And so yeah. they may say, you know what, we are not going to use Bitcoin. We'll use this. But we know that one of these or 10 of these equal to Bitcoin, yeah. which is the same thing that happens with a dollar today. Yeah. Everybody uses their own currency from that side. But if you go outside the U.S. and you look at some of these countries, they're moving almost exclusively to digital currency mm -hmm. because yeah. they don't have a way to transport the paper. They don't have banks. They don't have – or they don't have the same structure of banks that we do. Yeah. And so if you're in a remote area and you want to buy something or you want to effectively barter, mm -hmm. you're going to do something for me. I'm going to pay you. I, I'm going to pay you in a digital currency yeah. because I know it's good throughout the country – or potentially throughout our continent, however they may lay it out from that side. Wow. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen, I saw a video a few weeks ago in Japan where they did a facial recognition payment. Uh, do you guys know anything about that, or what do you guys think about that? Yeah, there, well, there's two parts to it. So one is the recognition of you, that you're the owner of the, the stored value. Right. Two is then the execution of the payment. Yeah. And so... KYC, which is know your customer, or KYB, which is know your business. Mm -hmm. Those are processes that you go through to say you are who you are. Yeah. And then it says you have this value. So, okay. example, we have our CTO built a, a KYC engine. It has a liveness check. So that's part of what the phone or the, um, the picture is doing. The facial okay. recognition. Yeah, the facial yeah. recognition is making yeah. sure that you're a live person. So Not wearing a mask. It'll ask yeah. you to move your face. <laughs> yeah. Till, you know, you have to move your head in a circle. It will check that against your license or your passport, whatever it is. Yeah. And so the first step of really any digital interaction is it has to validate you are who you say you are. And it does it a few different ways. Mm -hmm. Then it goes back and looks. And the transaction back end of it is really very normal. 
Okay. It's already being done today. It's done in a variety of different ways. We're changing that front end experience quite a bit because we're trying to make sure, again, eliminate fraud, eliminate risk, because that's what exists today. That's the biggest problem for mm-hmm. merchants and other exchanges yeah. is I don't know you. And yeah. so if I'm buying something from you and it's online, I, I still don't know who you are. I have right. to trust. They can steal your point. information. Absolutely. Easily. And so yeah. this says, look, you don't, the, the processing system has validated who I am. It knows that I'm good. I have this money in the bank, in an account, whatever it is. I'm going to transfer it to you. Yeah. You now give me my thing, whatever it is from that side. Wow. Fair. Yeah. There you go. That's so a pretty good answer. Yeah. Solving you, we're come a long <laughs> way. We're solving all the world's problems. Yeah. yeah. So if I were to start like investing in crypto or paying in crypto at my age, what would you say is like the number one tip you you would give to a young person trying to get into that? I'm not trying to, but in the future I might, or somebody in the audience might. So I'd say let's split it into two questions. Yeah. One is if you're looking to invest in crypto, mm-hmm. and one is if you're looking to transact in crypto. Right. Uh, I'll let Drew take a little bit more. I've I've done a little bit of investing. Okay. Mainly because I wanted to to see it myself, yeah. so I was willing to put my own money into it. Watch it go up and down. Yeah. It, mo- it mostly went down. Yeah. And then it came <laughs> back. But yeah. I got to see how it flowed. And I got to see the motion that it went through. Yeah. And so that allowed me to better understand what it could be from that side. Yeah. Drew's done a lot more investing. So I'd let you give some thoughts on, you know, where would you guide someone from a from a younger perspective who's looking at it? Um, well, I first thing that I would say to anyone um, with any investing is only invest that which you can afford. Um, you know, afford to lose. Correct. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, we're still very early in adoption. You yeah. know, while I wholeheartedly believe that Bitcoin will become a new quasi, you know, gold standard, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my dreams, I see it actually replacing gold as a backer to the uh, U.S. dollar, because unlike the dollar, it actually has a cap on how many can be issued. Okay. You cannot, you know, inflate the value of a Bitcoin. Right. Because you, know, you can't create. Well, you can inflate the value. You can't. In, it will not deflate in value because of inflation. Right. M- mild disclaimer: We have no control over this. We cannot make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah, we're we're not we're not predicting what we are going to make happen in yeah. the world. Right. Start Drew, a conspiracy. Yeah. No, Drew's just giving. Yeah, Drew's just giving some guidance. Nor do I think any seventy-year-old you know politicians yeah. are likely to uh, you know make anything happen. But if you look at what's happening in say uh, El Salvador, uh, Argentina. Um, you know, it, it's already beginning, but but to, you know, a young person that is looking to invest, you know, I put aside, you know, 10% of my investment income, you know, each month into Bitcoin. I still invest into traditional stocks, mutual funds, exchange traded funds. That's what I do with ETFs right now is 10% of what I make so each month. So I do 10% of that 10% okay. into Bitcoin because, you know, it is, you know, there will be a Bitcoin ETF. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Um, and when that happens, there will be uh, barriers to adoption will will go down. People are afraid of fraud. People yeah. are afraid of you know trustless transactions and ransomware and you know everything else. And oh, well, cryptocurrency you know hides this. It actually doesn't. If if you're someone who is 
attempting to you know commit fraud and get paid in Bitcoin, you will be found far easier right. by transacting in Bitcoin than you would in dollars. Yeah, everything's yeah. actually recorded and and written in into the ledger. Every so, single yeah. location yeah, that wow. someone is mining Bitcoin, yeah, it, it is trustless. It doesn't need it. Yeah. Um, I would say you know the the quote unquote meme coins, if you will. Um, FOMO is what drives them. You Do know. you mean like like Dogecoin stuff like that? Dogecoin, yeah. absolutely. Um, I bought into Dogecoin the first year that it came out because I liked the community that was around it. Yeah. It was fun. It was literally <laughs> had a, a cool had a cool dog on the front. Like right, the Shiba yeah, Inus exactly. are cute. You yeah. know, <laughs> didn't it blow up after Elon uh, uh, tweeted it or something? It. So it has been very tied to Elon uh, for what reason? I'm not 100% I think sure. he tweeted about it, and he said he liked it, and that was it. And then it blew up. And and it still moves with yeah. with him for for some reason. Like, yeah. I, Elon has no control over Dogecoin, in, in my knowledge, other than he might own a lot of it. But yeah. Um, yeah, Dogecoin is a great example. You know, a lot of people, you know, went into Dogecoin heavy when Elon talked about it. Those of us that were in it at a hundredth of a penny. Yeah. Well, we all sold. Yeah. Because we were anticipating the SNL episode that he appeared on. Right. I remember that. Went way down. We <laughs> yeah. were like, this is probably a good time to get out. And, yeah. and it was. But um, you know, if you don't understand the reasoning behind how it is to be used just like you know anybody gives you advice for investing in a stock buy what you know yeah you know in and most most investment advisors you know if you have less than fifty thousand dollars to invest invest in one stock yeah. because you can follow that stock you can learn about that stock and you can make money whether it goes up or whether it goes down if you understand the mechanics you know it's why i'm all in on bitcoin <laughs> And I think if you have, from an investment standpoint, if you have extra funds to use, Bitcoin has proven, because that's the, the most investi investable vehicle right now, it's proven it can go up. Yeah. So folks look at it and say, well, will it go up? Maybe, maybe not. But right. it has. If you think back to the time when Drew was selling them at $300, and now they're $44,000, yeah. there's a track record that that has gone up in value. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it can, doesn't mean it will, doesn't mean it will, you know, it'll it'll continue to grow. Right. But if you've got some of those funds and you're able to look at it and say, you know what, I, I, I've seen this happen before. I'm willing to put a little bit into it. So it's very speculative from that side. Yeah. But I'm willing to put some money into it because what if it does? Yeah. What didn't if it we, does grow? Didn't we just get know? past the crypto bull run? Didn't that just happen? I mean. Or is that still going on? It's you could say it's still going on. I mean, it's I believe Bitcoin itself is up uh, over a hundred percent on the year. But if you recall the last time that it went up to sixty thousand, it dropped below ten yeah, within a few so short months. So a lot of people are being warned to get out of it now while they're up, right? Some are. Um, I'm, <laughs> I have a I have a threshold at which I continue to buy. You know, if it drops below, I buy more. Right. Um, and you know, but that said. You know, uh, backing up a little bit and calling out what Dan mentioned as far as, you know, it's different when you think about investing in it versus transacting in it. When you go back and you read the white paper, it was never intended for you to take Bitcoin and convert it to dollars to spend. Right. You can spend Bitcoin. And right now, what's really exciting is companies like us, you know, others in the world are allowing people to transact with Bitcoin directly. Mm -hmm. And... 
hold the you know the merchant can you know choose to hold the bitcoin or if they're afraid of volatility you know they don't you know want to sit and have their funds just sitting in bitcoin or you know the vendors that they're buying from yeah. don't support you know them buying in bitcoin you know then they can immediately convert it and remove that volatility risk but if you are a young person, you will live to see a point at which it will be just as easy to pull out and tap to pay with your phone with a right. credit card as it will to be with your Bitcoin balance. It's already starting. You can carry around a hardware wallet now and do that if someone supports it. Um, but you know, think of it like playing for an exchange. If you're going on a trip to Japan and you see that the yen is at an all-time low against the dollar and you're going – in like two months, wouldn't it make sense for you to maybe go ahead and buy some yen yeah. so that when you go to Japan, you can spend it. And if it's gone up in the meantime, you're spending yeah. less than you right. would have otherwise. Yeah. Well, and from a transaction standpoint, sorry, from a transaction standpoint, we have to create the, the middleware part of the process today. To Drew's uh, point is there are certain things you can only buy with digital currency. Yeah. NFTs are, are one of those items. There's a whole lot we can talk about in that NFT world. It's much more than artwork. It's it's a true contract. There's a lot of things that can be done with it that aren't done today yeah. in certain areas. But no matter what, even if you wanted to buy a, a cool piece of artwork, it still has to be done in a digital currency. Not everyone owns that. Not everyone wants to own that. Yeah. So having the ability to do a, a crypto on-ramp, off-ramp, where you can buy crypto at an exact moment in time to buy the product or service you want to buy, it's then shared with the merchant, and they can immediately, as Drew was describing, either hold on to it, or they can convert it back to fiat, back to whatever currency they use. Okay. It creates a smooth process. It it eliminates um, or has better visibility, and it eliminates a lot of the um, the noise that sort of happens in that transaction. Eventually, it will be it will be easier. And there are some countries today where this happens. You walk around, and if you walk up to pay for something at a coffee shop you're paying in Bitcoin. So they're not converting one or one to the other. You walk up, you tap to pay, you're already paying in Bitcoin. That's already happening? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, they're, and they're taking Bitcoin. I didn't know that. Part of it, there, there's a few different reasons. Some, it depends on the banking system of the country. Hmm. It depends upon credit and debit. It depends upon the philosophy. So there are some countries that don't use credit cards yeah. because they actually don't believe in debt. And so for oh, them... I never knew that. It's Yeah, they... they Credit cards have been used in some areas, but they're not widely adopted yeah. because people look at a credit card as, as debt, right? which effectively it is. I, I mean, you could talk to Dave Ramsey just a little bit south of yeah. here, and he <laughs> would tell you yeah. to run, run, run from credit yeah. cards. And so, yeah, for them, they needed a way. They had to move away from, from uh, physical currency. Yeah. They had to move to something. So debit cards made sense because mm -hmm. you can only spend on a debit card what you have in the bank from yeah. that side. Credit cards then became the natural evolution but they really haven't taken off in some countries because of that philosophy of, I don't want to go in debt to buy this thing yeah. from that side. Yeah. And well, that's where, again, you can't spend more in crypto than you have. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, uh, there's probably some creative ways. Uh, so but there as, are a general, some creative as a general ways, yes, rule, generally. yeah. If you, you can borrow against your crypto. Let's just you say you've got four right Bitcoin. Yeah. You can't spend more than four Bitcoin. Because okay. that's, all, that's all you have at that point in time. Yeah. And so some some folks like that part of the digital currencies because it, it it goes back to that world of you can only spend what you have 
rather than accumulating debt. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different philosophies on that. We're not we're not here for the full philosophy class on do we like debt or not. So and the let's say two examples I gave as far as Argentina and El Salvador, their currencies have, you know, been so devalued. I mean, we're not talking the Weimar Republic in Germany where, you know, you need to take a wheelbarrow full of paper notes to go buy a loaf of bread. And by the time you get there, you actually need two wheelbarrows full. Bitcoin is not going to, it can't be manipulated in its Mm. value. So if you don't trust your country's government, central bank system, you know, you transact in Bitcoin or in dollars, which is, you know, what has been happening in the past. You know, you go to, say, you ever been to Mexico? I have, yeah. They take dollars and pesos, right? True, yeah. You can take Bitcoins and pesos. Yeah. Bitcoins and dollars. It's about meeting people where they are. And, you know, from our world in in transactions, you know, there's a quote from a, a study, you know, several years ago that I'll mangle. But, you know, when you give somebody more options to pay, you generally will see your revenue go up. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're not turning away people that only have, you know, this method of payment or that method of payment. You know, if it costs you nothing, to, you know, if you have no risk, why wouldn't you, you know, have the option to, you know, accept that as a payment? Yeah. Well, and there's, I'll give you a story. So there was a, a country that uh, we happened to be visiting and they were, this is probably about eight years ago and saw these folks lined up at banks mm-hmm. and the question was you know are, uh, is there a run on the bank is there an issue is there something they're waiting on and our host shared with us that they were waiting on the bank to turn back in their larger notes so this country had a large number of of notes yeah. that they had and their largest dollar figure notes people in the country had begun hoarding okay and they were they were buying and selling things in cash around the government system. Mm. Therefore, the government wasn't getting their taxes because they couldn't trace this. Yeah. At one point in time, I believe they said 85% of the real estate transactions in the country were done in cash behind the scenes. Wait, did you say what country it was? I did not. So you're not, you're no, not, somebody, you're not somebody allowed somebody to? Yeah. There are oh, a few sorry. countries that <laughs> could I can't, meet somebody, that. Yeah, somebody yeah. can figure yeah. that part out. I don't want to yeah. call anybody out specifically. That's but fine. It was an interesting experience because they were telling us stories about they, they told the leader of the country came out and said, look, here's the deal. Turn these notes in. We're going to give you new notes that will replace these, different color, shape, whatever it was right. from that side. And if you turn them in willingly, we'll tax you at 20%. Right. If we find that you don't turn them in and we find them, we'll tax you 80%. Yeah. Well, as you would expect, some people very willingly said, you know what? I'll take my pain. Here you go. I'll pay my taxes. Yeah. Other folks didn't. And so they start knocking on doors. They start raiding businesses. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people were telling on each other, like, hey, I saw Timmy the other day putting this in the wall of his house. He has the wrong color notes. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, an example was they, um, someone who owned a jewelry store. They Mm -hmm. had two or three locations. They raided the stores. They raided the house. Somewhere north of $6 million that they found hidden throughout the walls and those things. And the government said, great, we'll take 80% of that. And we'll give you new notes for the other 20%. That's crazy. That wouldn't happen with a digital currency. Right. They can maintain it, control it, manage it. And I'm not saying Bitcoin. I'm just saying any digital currency. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, a better management system from that side. Yeah. So I think from a transaction side of the world, 
that's why we'll continue to go towards that world mm -hmm. because people can better control, better visibility, better management of yeah. what that looks like. Now, there's always the risk of, you know, you, you can't hack a dollar. Yeah. If I have a dollar in my hand, it's a dollar. It is what it is. Yeah. If I have a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency, there could be something that could be done with it if not mm -hmm. managed appropriately right. from that standpoint. And that's at least the fear of a lot of people yeah. is I don't want to own crypto because someone can take it, steal it, use it, whatever it is. I'm not sure your a lot keys, of not your crypto. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people said the same about debit and credit cards when they first uh, came out. 100%. Yeah. You exactly. lose your wallet. You can still, yeah. yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't want to walk around with a card. Someone has access to everything. Yeah, because they have those little scanners now where if someone bumps into you, they just or take all your information. Oh. What? RFID scanners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple of those. I watched a video where some guy hung out with, like, professional scammers, and they <laughs> nice. showed, like, every device. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, uh, like the little keypad that you uh, use to pay for gas. Yep. Sometimes they put a cover on it, and then the thing mm -hmm. that you actually put your card in is a scanner for yeah, those them. Are mm -hmm. Those are called skimmers. Yep. Skimmers, it'll, it'll, yeah. It'll yeah. skim the information as you're putting the card in and yeah. out. So they tell people when you go up. And I still do it. I don't even think about it anymore, but it just happens still naturally. Is I'll I'll touch the machine just to see if it, if the little piece pulls off because oh. that's all that, that attaches to it. Yeah. And so it sort of became second I'll nature. I'll that. just be like, oh, we're good. Yeah. I've never run across one, but I'd rather not if it yeah. lost one. Yeah. yeah. I saw. Well, there was another one where um, one guy had a guy that worked at McDonald's that he would pay to use as like he would put the credit card in there, and then right before he hands it back, there's another thing to scan yeah. it and then give it back to him. But, yeah, I guess the same problem could be with Bitcoin. So, uh, But one story I heard a while back, uh, it was, like, way before Bitcoin was worth anything. Uh, one guy gave up a Bitcoin for a pizza because the guy had no money. Did you hear this story before? That's, yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. It was 30. Yeah. 30 Bitcoins, I, I believe. Or it might have been, like, 27 or something. Yeah. But it was, he he wanted pizza. He was broke. and the, Or he didn't have money on him or something. Well, I been a while say, i think the I story recall, i think the mod the story modifies I, over time from I, that side i right. think the intention was that he wanted to be the first person to transact for real world goods in the united states okay. with bitcoin yeah and he bought a pizza with it but i think they somebody told me that it was worth like 30 million now like he would be w worth like five to 30 million or one I, of those depending numbers depending upon when and what yeah. millions and, and again <laughs> if we're talking you know you know, swapping from Bitcoin to fiat, which, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the vision of it in the future is that, you know, Bitcoin has replaced yeah. fiat, essentially. It's like you remove the the Visa network, you know, that they control. You know, you remove the banking system that is, you know, opaque and controlled by governments that have, you know, incentive to buy boats or whatever else by printing additional money. Yeah. You know, it's... It, no one can control Bitcoin as long as there are enough people yeah. on the blockchain recording the transactions. And I mean, yeah, you know, someone could theoretically hack your wallet or hack an exchange, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, like what happened with FTX, you know, as everything was falling apart, somebody, you know, went in a back door and, you know, started siphoning money out of the exchange. You know, someone could dig up your safe and steal your gold yeah. you know it, you trade off a lot for convenience yeah bitcoin is less of a trade off it's relatively secure if you take the necessary measures like you would with you know if you travel to a country that has a lot of pickpockets yep. you're going to put a 
your wallet on you know a belly band or right. in your front pocket. You Probably know? never on a belly band, but somewhere people would expect it to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I think if so, if we're looking at this as a educational conversation, yeah. I think taking a step back to you know we've talked about crypto in a we've talked about Bitcoin, we've talked mm-hmm. about multiple different types of crypto. But I don't know that we touched enough really on the blockchain. We haven't. Yes. yes. Which is which is really the base. The of, technology yeah, that of, powers of where it these all. things okay. are. So, if you think about the the Federal Reserve, that is the you know the train tracks, if you will, that move dollars mm-hmm. through the system. And so everyone is taught as a kid. You know, we we joke about you watch the the video. I'm a bill, and it was the bill in Congress that walked around talking about. It was the cartoon that talked about how it went through the bill. Do, okay. do y'all still watch Schoolhouse yeah, Rock? You guys may uh, not used to okay. in the day, right, in the cool. day. Ba- yeah, way it, back in the day. If you're All listening right. today and you're yeah. under 35, go look up Schoolhouse Rock and yeah. I'm a Bill. It's highly entertaining. It's yeah. probably super dorky now, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but it talks through that that process and that flow, so mm-hmm. everyone understands the Federal Reserve moves money between mm-hmm. banks, and that's the basis for everything. Then we moved to this world where we said, okay, now Visa and MasterCard and American Express and Discover are going to create these rails or the next train tracks yeah. that manage credit and debit and that side of the world and, and how things flow. Yeah. Now we've moved to the evolution of blockchain. And so now blockchain is the rail on which crypto runs. Yeah. And so from a technology standpoint, understanding that crypto doesn't exist in a bubble Mm-hmm. It has to exist on the blockchain, and Drew will do a much better job of giving a high-level review. But the bo- the blockchain becomes that uh, that rail. ledger, yeah, that third <laughs> rail that allows people to understand yeah. how this works, how it's tracked. Uh, when something occurs, there's a, there's a record of it from that side. And so I think talking a little bit about the blockchain technology and the difference. Yep. And you might want to lead off with a joke that we had shared uh, that someone we know had shared with us at one <laughs> point in time. But the blockchain and crypto are not the same thing, yeah. even though one supports the other. Yeah, I, I, I will always wince every time I see somebody post something like, blockchain's up today. That's not exactly how that <laughs> <Yeah>. works. <laughs> Blockchain has no value. Yeah. So. Well, I, I will take well, issue with that. But, but it has no, it has no right. value yeah, yeah, yeah. such as crypto does. Um, so backing up uh, to to Dan's point and referencing, you know, how I talked about, you know, the nodes and everything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, essentially, you know, Bitcoin is is an algorithm. You know, it's it's a bunch of math. Mm-hmm. You know, and verifying the math is how you mine a Bitcoin. Mining a Bitcoin is essentially conducting transactions, and then validating them from node to node so that everyone gets a copy, said, yep, this transaction happened, that coin was owned by that guy, it is now owned by that person, you know, not not to gender, you know, the people that are involved in this, <laughs> hyper, you know, scenario. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Bitcoin is a, a, a base layer. It is the, you know, the all the transactions that are happening, you know, when you get to the layer two, which Dan, you know, hinted at before, you've got the the, the smart contracts. You know, yeah. that is, you know, rules that say when this happens, then this happens. If this, then that. Um, you know, and then that gets recorded back to the base layer. So it's an automated contract, trustless. You know, if 
you could pay your rent mm-hmm. with you know a layer two, and it would be automatic. It would just pull the value out of the first layer. You know, say, hey, here you go, other person, then report it back down to the base layer. And and I am not a computer scientist. I am not a blockchain expert, but at at the you know layman's terms, you know, being a layman, it is the rail. It is the new rail, and then the rails on top of the rails. And I think they're talking about layer three stuff now, which I don't really a hundred percent understand. Yeah, now we're just starting to make stuff up, but yeah, <laughs> but. You know, it, it, it's automating the verification of transactions. And if you want to conduct a transaction on a particular blockchain, you will do it with the coin that they issue. They are issuing the coin based upon the number of transactions verified, yada, yada, yada. Well, and here's an example I might give. I, I try to make things very simple. Drew's a little more complicated. That's okay. <laughs> but... Today, again, people understand if I have a dollar and I have it in a bank account and it has my name on it and I send that dollar to you and it goes into your bank account, Mm -hmm. there is a record that that dollar used to belong to me and now that dollar belongs to you. And so we're able to track that value. Crypto is the exact same in a uh, much stronger ledger that looks at it and says, okay, I have a coin. I'm sending you my coin. Now... The difference is that dollar that I got, I may have gotten it from a tip. I may have gotten it from a person. I may have whatever. Right. There's not really a record that says where my dollar came from before I sent you my dollar. Okay. It just shows you a point in time transaction. I had a dollar. You now have my dollar. Yeah. Crypto looks at it and says, here's every person that's ever had this coin where it's and, and, and portions of the coin. What it was of sent on. Cool of the coin. Yeah. It is, and that's yeah. part of where you talk about the, the visibility and the control of it is, and and hopefully the lower risk mm-hmm. is now that, that visibility of, I know where that coin has been, mm-hmm. and I know that it's a real coin. Right. Now, as real as an imaginary digital currency can be. True. Or yeah. an imaginary fiat dollar. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of both, <laughs> but that has now moved. So that ledger is much stronger yeah. in the crypto world than it is in the fiat world. Yeah. And that's what's very interesting about it from a, an investment standpoint as well as a transaction standpoint yeah. is that that strength that is is believed to be held in that. As hard as it is to hack a bank, you only got to hack two banks to make the record of that transaction disappear pretty much. True. If you want to you know, obscure how a Bitcoin was spent, you have to hack pretty much millions yeah you know millions of people's systems yeah maybe gapped or air gapped and and you can remove you know let's say a hardware wallet you know i said not your keys not your crypto Mm -hmm. you can have a bitcoin that is stored offline okay you know it is in your little hardware wallet you know you have your seed phrases that unlock it you know that's why there's you know people that are trying to dig through a (laughs) landfill somewhere in arizona or california to get a hard to get a hard drive that supposedly has, you know, something like 200 billion or 200 yeah. million worth of Bitcoin yeah. that was lost, thrown away. You if, know. You, if you hear the term cold storage, it's where people have taken a digital currency offline. Mm-hmm. It, it's, again, I, I like comparisons. So I think about when uh, when I started dating my wife, she, one day she was like, hey, I want to go buy something. I was like, great. So she goes in the closet and comes back out and she's like, I'm ready to go. And I was like, what are you doing in the closet? <laughs> 
Well, I got a little money in there. Cold storage. Yeah, I'm uh, like, well, how much money do you have in right. there? Right. You separate, don't need to know. Separate question <laughs> conversation. <laughs> but that was her version of cold storage yeah. is I'm going to keep this where I have it available. It's no one can get it from me yeah. effectively at this point in time. And, yeah, barring breaking into houses, we can go and all that stuff. But other than that, no one can take it from me, and it's offline. Yeah. With crypto, you can do the same thing where you take it offline to a drive. You now have it. The problem, as Drew was tying to, if you don't have your phrases, if you lose the device, mm -hmm. if any number of things, you, that money's gone yeah. at that point in time. And there yeah. was a guy who I think sent – he had attached to a computer or something of that nature, accidentally got thrown away, went to a landfill. There's some number, 100 of 200 coins, whatever it is from that side. Oh, man. And it was, hey, this is over there. And people were like, ooh, I think I'm available Friday. Maybe we'll go shopping in the dump and see if right. I can go find this, this cold storage. Yeah. What year do you guys think that the transaction part of Bitcoin would be implemented to make it like normal in society? Like, not just, like... I was going to say, it's already obviously happening. Obviously, yeah, it's yeah, happening, yeah. but, like, when do you think it would become, like, the new norm? Like, the dollar is gone. The credit card's gone. Like, just Bitcoin now. What year do you think that would be? So, if you ask our CTO, he will tell you 2024. No way. And That's impossible. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Hold on. So, the reason is <laughs> that the way that we look at it, and Drew referenced this, is the tools that we're building, the way that we look at transactions mm -hmm. is... We want to have a platform and a structure where it doesn't matter what you want to pay in, what your store of value is. Right. We can transact that. Yeah. So today, um, debit, credit, ACH from that side. But imagine Automated clearing house, a.k.a. your checking account. Yeah. If you're moving money. If you have one of yeah, those. If you're moving money from yeah. one bank to another, <laughs> you know, yeah, if, you, if you have a checking account. Yeah. But the today when you walk up and buy something at a retail location, Typically, you're doing tap to pay. Typically, right. you're handing them a card of some nature, whatever it is. From Barely ever handing them cash. R rarely, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially COVID really killed True. a lot of that marketplace because people said we don't want it right. from that standpoint. Yeah. But so now it's not that far reach for that same machine mm -hmm. to present you the opportunity to pay with your Bitcoin wallet. Yeah. So it's not far, and we're actually building that into our POS, our point of sale system, to where when you walk up, and you want to do tap to pay, one of your options will be, I want to pay with Bitcoin. Yeah, and you do that with your phone, or, mm -hmm. do, you, or do you think that they'll make a Bitcoin card, like a credit card? Uh, I think they actually have a card today that, there are a few. Yeah, okay. that, yeah. that's used in some capacity. We don't really see that a lot, okay. but generally I think more and more people will be doing it with the phone and with um, uh, wearables. Okay. Yeah. So if you think about, there's a partner that we're working with that has a really cool product, but the goal is... It's like a watch. Uh, yeah, there, so there's a band. Because if you think about it, a watch, it has to be powered. True. So it has to have a power source. It has yeah. to have a battery. There's a lot of other things that are yeah. involved. A Fitbit has to be powered. Mm -hmm. It's got a screen. If you have a band that is unpowered mm -hmm. but is able to store information, then it's able to work as a credit card so you can pay with things. That's cool. It's able to house all of your healthcare information from that side. Same thing yeah, as, as oh. what you got the chip on your card. Yeah, yeah, so you're taking the chip and you're putting it into a device that doesn't have to be powered. Yeah. So it lasts longer. Um, you don't have to worry about losing the data because it's not really a computer, mm -hmm. computer-minded from that side. And so for them, the goal is it, it's supported by the phone, yeah. but it also functions on its own. And That's so it's cool. a safety feature, but 
you know, if you've got a, a kid who goes off to camp, or well, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about your brother. Right. So your brother's going off to other parts of the world. Yep. And he's going to be doing a mission trip. Yeah. Well, he may call and say, hey, dad, I need 50 bucks to be able to do this thing. Yeah. Well, now dad goes online, says, all right, 50 bucks loaded directly to his life key. And now he's able to tap that and yeah. pay. And all of that just occurred you know, in an easy flow. You didn't have to go to a Western Union. You know, you yeah. didn't need traveler's checks, yeah. which I don't think exist anymore. But um, I don't know. I don't you, think so. You're not paying a foreign currency conversion fee. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yes, does it cost money to transact, you know, in Bitcoin or anything else? Absolutely, because that's how you issue the value of the coin. People right. get paid in it. But it it's much less than, you know, trying to move money. It's much, much less painful to just be like, hey, here's some crypto. It's completely outside the banking system's control. So they can't, you know, tax it, fee it, you know, whatever else, and you get it immediately. So no, you know, and it's very difficult to steal from. Yeah. Well, I think that the other thing that comes up a lot, and I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but I mean, it's we're, fine. We're, oh, I yeah. do that all the time on all the episodes. We're, we're, we yeah, bounce, we're, we're bounce. riffing on crypto. <laughs> I'm here. naturally ADD. But so, <laughs> it, um, as I think about key thoughts or items that jump out to people, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's the not the safety of the coin, but what is the coin being used for? Right. So this perception that a lot of folks have because they watch the news, because Dirty. they watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And their thought is, oh, well, if you have crypto or you're buying or transacting crypto, it's got to be bad. Yeah. Like it has to be, you know, fill in any number of things that, that you want to say that that must be used for. And that's part of the perception is really driven around this is a way to avoid taxes. This is a way to avoid um, visibility to what you're doing which is actually 100% the opposite. Yeah. It's full visibility of everything. Now, yeah, if you want to do if you actually want to commit fraud, go use a bunch of dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. Su- you know, it's way cash. easier. Yeah, way easier yeah. than trying to do it with crypto. Yeah. Because crypto is tracked from that side, it doesn't make sense. But the perception of it right now, certain industries, certain sides of the government, whatever you want to look at, have different perceptions that they're trying to drive of what digital currency is from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. And one of those perceptions is it's bad, it's dirty, you know, it's being it's used. only used it's, by criminals. Yeah, it's criminals yeah. And, a, and adult establishments. You don't want to do that world. And yeah. so there are a lot of people who are like, nope, I'm not a bad person. You're right. like, owning crypto doesn't make, doesn't you, make a bad, you a criminal. Doesn't make you a bad <laughs> person. Like, it's okay. Not to mention those people who are against crypto, yeah. you know, the, the quote unquote establishment, they might have a perverse incentive to maintain the status quo. Yeah. You know? I actually saw, so apparently, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, this one Turkish crypto millionaire got sent to jail for 11,996 years. Why was this? Just because he, he he was rich in crypto. I say it might that be. That was it. He lived in Turkey, so I don't know if I think Turkey may have different. outlawed crypto. Yeah, okay. I, that, that, that's probably why. And yeah. That's a long time. But too. I saw some videos that were like, "What? How they come up with that number? Like, eleven thousand nine hundred ninety-six. It's probably every coin he owned, had <laughs> or had every Satoshi. Of, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's yeah. the small. By the way, a Satoshi is the smallest divisible trackable portion of a Bitcoin. Interesting. I've never heard for of all, that. For all the nerds out there, there's your fact of the day. Yeah, the Satoshi. Satoshi. Is that like? 
I don't want to sound racist, like but is that Japanese? Uh, that's Hitoshi? The, so <laughs> that's the, the first name of the the uh, anonymous author of mm. the the original white paper written that outlines how Bitcoin works. If you haven't read it, yeah, I would absolutely recommend it, especially you know to bring it back to the investment mm -hmm. topic. Don't invest in what you don't understand. Okay, and yeah. if you're just investing in investing in cryptos speculation, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, from how Satoshi thought. And I would say doing it wrong from a standpoint of what we said earlier as far as only put in what you can afford to lose and to bring it to traditional investing, you only lose when you sell. Yeah. It can always True. go back up yeah. or, yeah. or I guess delisted, you know, if it you know, goes out of business. But yeah. as long as people still believe in Bitcoin or any other, you know, blockchain and the associated cryptocurrency – it is not going away. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that believe in it. Yeah. Did the Bitcoin creator, like, has he been revealed yet? Because I remember I saw, like, one show, one, one guy, like, rich guy, said that if the um, the Bitcoin creator was revealed, nobody would invest in it anymore. Something like that. It might. I think it was Bitcoin. A lot of people have, um, well, say a lot of people have claimed to be the, you know, the real identity of Satoshi Nakamoto. There mm -hmm. was a Australian guy that supposedly worked with some other guy that's now disappeared that claimed he was, and there was a court ruling that said he could be, and <laughs> and then they vacated that ruling, and now it's in play again. But at the end of the day, I don't think it matters mm -hmm. who it was. I don't think it matters if we know or not, because if you understand the value of the technology and how you can distribute the ledger across borders outside the control of, of governments and militaries and people that would do bad things to you to get at it, then it, it has value no matter who did it. Yeah. What what year do you think guys think that well like I already asked when the norm would be, but like for example, you go on like uh like house hunters, how long do you think it would take for them to be like this house is worth uh, 300 Bitcoin, something like that. Like where the dollar amount is completely more, more common. Yeah, tossed it, away, and it's just completely common. Bitcoin. Well, yes. yeah, but, yeah, but advertised yeah. as Bitcoin. Like uh, imagine like if to, all the say. real estate was Bitcoin. I think, I, it, uh, again, a lot of it's driven by philosophical beliefs. Yeah, yeah. And there are people that will fight for and against. Yeah. It would take a long time. Digital though. currency yeah. from that side. Yeah. Unless they go to my dream and the U.S. <laughs> adopts it as the yeah. new gold standard. So, right. yeah, 2024 in Drew's mind. Um, yeah. I don't know if we'll get there, so maybe 2048. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's a it's interesting because, you know, let's go back to the COVID example mm -hmm. of how th quickly things changed. Mm -hmm. yeah. We talked a long time about becoming a cashless society. Yeah. We talked a long time about becoming a paperless society. Yeah. That's never happened. It's still not on path. Yeah. But cashless was people are never going to give up their cash. They won't do it. They won't do it. They won't do it. 2020 happened, yeah. and it happened. Yeah. So there were, there were extenuating factors that changed that, that belief pattern. There's probably something like that, hopefully not like that again, but something, yeah. an activity, an event that occurs that will change the mindset for or against yeah. potentially. I mean it could make sense. It could turn people totally against. I yeah. doubt it because I don't think the I don't think society is really built to just totally walk away from a digital currency. Yeah. But I 
there may be something else, and I think a lot of it's going to be um, international transactions, B two B transactions, so business to business yeah. versus more business con- to consumer. And I think there will be a a growth in certain areas or a development in certain areas that will that will reset what the norm means. Mm-hmm. That then your question, you know, then we'll know. We'll look back and be like, "That's cool." I remember when he asked me that question. I wish I would have <laughs> known it was going to be this year. Yeah. Well, to, Imagine to, if you predict it, though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to one twenty thirty two. Going with that. One dollar. No. Um, <laughs> if you if you look back at you know historical adoption of you know currency just mm-hmm. to begin with you know to, you know people were trading chickens for cows and yeah. whatever else and that became inconvenient right. Yeah. So then they moved to coins. And those got heavy, and they could be faked, and that's why people were biting. You know, if you look at, you know, his, they said people do they bite the coin to make yeah. sure it's real type of thing. You know, and then they moved to paper notes, and you know, convenience and and you know, the fear of fraud is what will uh, drive new adoption outside of some massive thing like like COVID. For Dan's example, I think that we'll probably see, um, you know. If if we continue to see uh, uh, a lot of issues in in the you know global sphere, you know other countries invading each other for their natural resources and you know borders and whatever else, you know people are talking about us going off the dollar standard as a transaction uh, method for oil or whatever else. Yeah. The second that that. You know, we either become a world government, one world government, or you know, everybody gets so mad at each other that you know we start nuking things. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not. Uh, We're not far from that. I still think the Buffalo Nickel is going to make a comeback. Hey, uh, it's worth again, how many dollars? If, if you're if you're under a certain age, you may have to go look up what the Buffalo Nickel. Yeah, was. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm 22, so and I don't know what that is. Yeah, so well, maybe there, there are people older than you that don't know probably. what that is. Because I yeah. use that joke often, and then I have to pause and go, I apologize. Yeah. Let me think about something else. I'm yeah. guessing that's a part of crypto? Yeah? No? No. No, no. Okay. So, no. Yeah. Is it an actual physical nickel, or is yes. it online? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. So it, in, in it go, part of it ties back as well when people say don't take wooden nickels. Yeah, if you if you've ever heard a person probably probably have to be over the age of about sixty five seventy now, <laughs> yeah. they would say don't take a wooden nickel. They're the same people that tell you don't eat yellow snow. Okay, so they're they're you know they're helping you understand how to get right. through life safely. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's a it was a value that was placed in in something, mm-hmm. and so we're going we're still going that way. The things that we decide, the crypto, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's koala bear coin i don't know what other stuff we'll come up with next (laughs) but as long as people agree upon that there's a value Mm -hmm. then there has to be a way to transact that value yeah we look at it from the side personal opinions aside Mm -hmm. i don't care about how people invest in it i don't care about how they collect it how they hoard it irrelevant to me yeah i look at it and say how do we help people how do we help one person that has that store of value get it to another person that is willing to accept that store of value and then track that transaction. Yeah. So we can say, yep, that's good. Thumbs up. You guys are good to go from that. Give them the widget. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's how do you how do you encourage commerce? Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be the bigger driver, biggest driver of digital currency adoption over time is if it becomes easier to encourage and grow commerce. That's why we got debit cards. That's why we got credit cards. That's why we have buy now, pay later. You know, these different things are encouraging the speed of commerce from that standpoint. Yeah. And there's a 
there's something written on my board in there the other day. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a huge whiteboard fan. I, you know, we've got multiple ones right. in our office yeah. just in the room <laughs> we're sitting in. But as I was talking to them, it, it hit me, and I had to pause the conversation and said, hold on, i got to go write something down. Mm-hmm. And so now written up on my board is payments at the speed of life. Ooh. Now, our company is life cycle. Life cycle, yeah. But also the thought was that's what's going to change this as we go down the path is payments and transactions will have to be done at the speed of life yeah. because you're not going to want to wait. Right. And you're not going to want to sit around. And that's part of what – You want to go to an ATM and pull out cash. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what slowed down uh, adoption of Bitcoin originally, I think, is it would – you would Still say, like, hey, right yeah, now. I want to pay you. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, okay – I'm waiting to pay you. Yeah. All right, I'm waiting on the Bitcoin to come through. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting on this transaction to be yeah, verified. People don't want to wait on that. Yeah. So how do we how do we expedite that that speed at that point in time? Wow. Uh, and one point to say, you, you say you said when businesses start doing it with each other, yeah. JP Morgan has their own private blockchain right now that they're using with JPM Coin, the world's biggest bank, yeah. to move money in between their institutions. They say and record transactions. Yeah, yeah, and we've got a we've got another partner that is looking at having a coin, and it's all tied around healthcare. Yeah, and so the goal is, how do we allow people to own their healthcare data? Mm-hmm. How do we allow them to um, share that data for value? Mm-hmm. So if they want to participate in a uh, a study, if they want to complete a a review of something, and they want to share that information willingly, they can get compensated for it. Well, the coin then can be turned back in, converted to fiat, to dollars. They can then use that money to pay for their health care. And so think about like an HSA on steroids. Today you fund an HSA, a health savings account, by what comes out of your your paycheck or money that you put into it. And it's required that it's used for health care. Well, health care is a bit of a problem in our country. We Mm -hmm. have a lot of folks that can't afford it. Um, They can't afford all the stuff that they need. Whatever you want to look at it. They, we want people to be healthy. There's yeah. so much opacity to it as well. You welfare, yeah. And so we, we want folks to be healthy, so we have to encourage them and give them the opportunity. Yeah. Well, if you know that you can go participate in something or share information, gain value, and then use that money to pay for your health care, yeah. you now may be healthier. You may do more things that are going to drive a healthier living from that side. But that coin may never get traded on an exchange. Yeah. yeah. And it may never be investable, and it may never be – but it's used as a transaction method for a specific purpose, yeah. similar to the JPM coin that you're talking about from that side. Or and so I think digital the facial recognition he mentioned as yeah. well. And yeah. I think that's where you'll see digital currency grow is probably a little bit on the outskirts. Yeah. And then eventually as more and more people are like, look, I've got I've got coins everywhere else. Yeah. Why can't I have a coin to pay at fill in the blank fast food restaurant? Right. You know, from that side. And <laughs> yeah. then it's like, oh well, let's do that. And then yeah. That's when the adoption goes up yeah. very quickly because people are like, well, everybody's already used to they it. They start to understand we don't it. Have to, we don't have to teach them anything different. Exactly. We don't have to show them how to act. It just know. adapts into society. Yeah. 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 All right, you guys ready to wrap up? Yeah. Uh, has it already been that long? Yeah. It's been 55 minutes. Yeah. Usually I try to keep them between like 40 to an hour. Hey, whatever works. Yeah. Say, is there anything that uh, we did not cover that you wanted to ask? No, I think we covered pretty much everything unless there was anything else. No, I mean we could get into NFTs, but that's a whole another. That world, I so. know that's a whole another <laughs> smart ne- contract. Next podcast. Yeah. Next podcast. Okay, next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the Young Blood Squared podcast. Thank you, Dan Andrew, for coming on. All of their information, lifecycle payments, whatever you guys send me, will do- be down in the description below. Make sure to go check them out. Make sure to go check out Lifecycle. 
All of my socials will be down below as well. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you are listening, make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I'm Jack. That was the Young Blood Squared Podcast. Peace.